0: IVM.
1: BQ Big Decisions. The Bloomberg Quinn podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. Hello, and thanks for listening in. This is BQ Big Decisions, and I'm Alex Matthew. Over the past few weeks, we've already spoken about a host of interesting topics. From the first steps you need to take to live a better financial life, to whether you should buy a house or instead live on rent. To those of you who've written in to tell us what you think, thank you. We appreciate it. Now, when it comes to retirement planning, there's one thing that everyone agrees on. is that the best thing to do is to start early. But the problem arises when we start discussing where to put your money. There's either too much risk or too little return, or it attracts too much tax. In fact, just the other day in office, two of my editors were having quite the heated discussion about the best retirement scheme offered by the government. And I got to thinking, why don't we get them onto this podcast just to set the tone? So here they are. Neeraj Shah is markets editor at Bloomberg Quint, and Sajith Mangat is the national news editor. Thanks so much for joining us, gentlemen. Thank you, Alex. Welcome, Alex. Well, let's get to the, the main point here, both of you. And perhaps this is going to set the context for a slightly longer conversation, which we will take forward in just a short bit. But the question here is, which, according to you, is the best retirement product out there? Is it the ones that are provided by the government or should you look at something else entirely or is the option here to go for a combination between the two? Who would like to start?
0: Well, if I was uh, looking at it, frankly speaking, a combination of the two is always advisable. But uh, Alex, you will excuse me for being an out-and-out equities person. And if you're talking about starting early and therefore having a, a long period of time for which your money stays invested then i would presume even for retirement equity products are the best products you could argue that there is safety in debt and therefore look at a lot of host of other debt products but maybe equity scores but I don't know if such a but, you know
2: there is a risk as attached to equity as well if you're looking at clearly from a perspective of retirement then you need to look at the product which will give you a retirement benefit when you retire maybe at 60 or 65 uh, I know equities have over a period of time always have given a higher return but they have uh, they are also a high risk product as well mm. now if you look at a retirement product uh, it by nature 50 percent of that is invested in government securities which gives you a decent amount of return or maybe i i would call it a risk free return of 7 to 8% per year mm-hmm. but an equity may give you 15% return but they it is a chances chance that it may take off 50% of your uh, asset as well
1: so the the schemes that we are talking about gentlemen is there, there are two of, two of them primarily, the Employee Provident Fund, and there's also the option through the Voluntary Provident Fund to increase your contribution to the Employee Provident Fund, and there's the National Pension Scheme. Now, apart from that, there's also the PPF, which is the Public Provident Fund, which by nature has a very long lock-in period and therefore is considered to be also a retirement product. It can actually be used for long-term goals as well, but a lot of people look at these three options. Now, you're saying, Sajith that... This is something that you should look at primarily when it comes to your retirement savings.
2: Exactly. The reason being that in India, we don't invest in a retirement product. We invest in a tax product because all of them give you a tax incentive. Mm. Uh, You need to look from a retirement perspective to invest. Uh, And so it has to be conservative in nature because you're talking about after 65. If you look at EPFO or your your Employee Provident Fund, there is a component which is deducted for your pension. Right. The maximum you get is 15000 per month at the time of uh, retirement. That's not enough for you to, you know, in the, today's standard. So you need to have an additional corpus of, uh, you know, annuity income kind of stuff which gives you every month. So if you go for uh, NPS with the purpose of, say, okay, I want monthly income coming in uh, from, from that product. Uh, NPS, uh, you know, falls uh, or, you know, fits perfectly into a retirement product hmm. but you know there are benefits to equity as well i'm not denying that, that but that's a lump sum thing which you're looking at so if
1: i understand correctly sajeet the strategy that you uh, are saying that should be employed is to continue if you are an employee with your contribution obviously which is compulsory to the employee provident fund and to focus on contribution to the national pension scheme for the long term
2: you know the best thing is that you can start with 500 rupees a month for uh, equity SIP. Mm. You can also start with 500 rupees a month for a pension. Exactly. SIP. So that's exactly
1: what I want to come to Neeraj John. And if we're talking about starting early, and that's exactly the point that you made right at the start of the conversation. And what... A lot of our advisors, even on this podcast, have said if your goal is more than five years away, and if you're starting early, your retirement obviously is going to be more than five years away. Equity is the best possible option for you because over a long period of time, it's proven to give you the best possible return. So, Sajid's point is that you have uh, a pension uh, uh, or the ability to get a fixed amount of money every month. You can actually work that out in equity as well. Yeah. So, just very quickly, two or three points
0: Um, NPS. the annuity income that we're talking about is not tax-free. It's taxable. It's part one. Mm. If you're talking about having a non-equity product, NPS is not technically just a pure non-equity product because it invests part into equities as well. So that is part two. Mm. I'm not decrying the importance of NPS as an retirement tool. Mm. Uh, If you have less than 10 years, then maybe the NPS is a good plan also because it has its merits. Mm. Keep in mind, it's over and above the 150000 fifty thousand reduction. So there is an additional uh, 30% tax benefit that comes in if you invest straight up to If you're in the top bracket. If you're in the top bracket, yeah. Mm. But let's work with that assumption. But the limited point that I'm trying to make and the only point that I'm making that from a perspective of, this is my personal view, if I have less than 10 years or less than 15 years to retirement, maybe I'll look at NPS because Mm. of the tax benefit that comes up front. But over a 20-year cycle, Mm. I believe even that, a uh, limited amount because if I invest in equity, I don't get tax tax benefits. So my fifty thousand doesn't become thirty five thousand automatically because fifteen thousand comes True. back. But at thirty five thousand invested in equity mm. over a twenty year period with the return rates of twelve percent that I believe good mm. equities could give over twenty year period would compensate will compensate for the ten percent return that NPS gives mm. even with the tax benefit because NPS I presume the returns would be ten percent equities twelve percent uh, debt eight percent mm. um, a summation average of ten percent. That will overtake over
2: a 20-year period. That's my limited Yeah, view. but I, I'm not even here arguing on the uh, you know issue of returns here. I'm arguing on uh, on the fact that there has to be a constant flow of income when you retire from your services. Absolutely. Now, if you are looking at uh, your risk profile, mm-hmm. you know, now now uh, you know your your personal finance uh, you know analyst or maybe for for that matter a, a consultant would say that okay you. Uh, subtract your age from 100 and that would be the kind of equity contribution that should that your portfolio should have Mm. now that goes on declining as you go towards your retirement Mm. now in an equity thing it may not it may not be uh, a thing because you are going to constantly have a higher component of equity and so the higher risk also continues as you go towards your retirement Mm. but be that may returns For sure, equity will give you. Sure, But that's an investment which you're trying
1: to do, right? You're trying to bring in pension here and not an investment. Thanks, gentlemen. Fantastic points raised by both of you. And I think that sets the stage perfectly for the rest of this conversation. We've broadly discussed the retirement schemes offered by the government. But now let's get into the granular details. And for that, I'm joined by Amul Zoshi the founder of Planned Rupee Investments. Thanks so much for joining us, Amol. Alex, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me over. So why don't we start with the basics? We've already run through the broad tenets, but let's get into this one by one. the available schemes and their individual traits. Let's start with the most commonly used one. And that's because it's compulsory for all salaried individuals, the Employees Provident Fund. Uh, The big advantage here is that your contributions to the EPF are deductible from your taxable income, right? But what are the key things to bear in mind when you're talking about the EPF?
3: Uh, As you rightly said, EPF is a compulsory deduction. It is to the extent of 12% of your basic salary, number one. Number two, it is deductible up to 1.5 lakh rupees per annum under Section ATC. Sure. It is at par with that. Another very, very important point in EPF is that it enjoys triple E status. So you have exemption, tax exemption during contribution, accumulation, as well as withdrawal stage. Okay. So these are some of the very quick points on uh, EPF.
1: Okay. And and that, of course, is matched by your employer, that 12%. That uh, But w- what else do you have to bear in mind with regard to the interest that you earn and all of that?
3: right, so as you uh, made a point in uh, in beginning EPF is sort of a government guaranteed product it is one of the decent products in terms of interest so today uh, in two thousand nineteen when we are talking your fixed deposit rates are between six and a half to seven or something like that mm-hmm. but on the other hand your EPF rate rate of interest is eight point five five percent that is significantly higher mm-hmm. and let's not forget that this is exempt at all stages so this course significantly better than any of the fixed deposit instruments this is the specific uh, point that you should remember about what is the sort of interest rate that you get on your epf contribution
1: but how do they manage this amul uh, because and and therefore uh, how do you understand the risk involved right mm-hmm. because this is a guaranteed return that is uh, what are the products that the uh, the, the, the manager of this fund mm-hmm. invested
3: Okay, so earlier it was uh, EPF purely used to or EPFO uh, who manages uh, uh, pension funds purely used to invest into government sort of products. That is uh, GSEC 10, 20, 30 year government security. These were the products in which EPF used to invest. Over the last few years, Uh, EPFO has received a permission to invest into equity as well. Uh So in some portion of your EPF money goes into equity via index fund route. So that is the reason how... A slightly larger uh, return is uh, gets generated in EPF.
1: Okay, so we've broadly covered EPF. Now, I think it's a good time to talk about the voluntary provident fund, which as I understand, it allows you to increase voluntarily the amount that you contribute to the EPF. But is there a limit to how much you can increase this contribution?
3: Yes, Alex. So as the name says, VPF simply stands for Voluntary Provident Fund. The limit for a VPF contribution per month is 100% of your basic. Mm-hmm. In the sense, you cannot exceed the amount of investment in VPF, which exceeds 100% of your basic component. So that's the that's the limit what we are talking about in VPF. Okay. And it's of course, it's the same
1: scheme, right? So
3: it's the same scheme. It's only the only difference is it is voluntary. You as an employee are choosing to invest more than what is required probably because you are very very serious about accumulating a kitty or corpus for your retirement or probably you're very intelligent person who wants to get advantage of 8.55% tax-free
1: return guaranteed tax-free that is correct let's talk about this extremely intelligent individual and Mm -hmm. let's talk about what happens when you withdraw the epf at what point can you do that
3: Right. So, EPF, ideally, it's a provident fund scheme. Ideally, you should let it run the entire course till your retirement. But as you mentioned, in a hypothetical scenario that you have to withdraw it, if you withdraw it before five years, then it will be taxable in your hands. Number one, mm-hmm. your tax benefit, it's simply not there. Number two, after completion of five years, if you are starting on your own or if you quit or if you are migrating, then let me take an example of you. You want to start on your own. You are right. starting your own business. Mm-hmm. You have to have a gap of two months mm-hmm. after which you can redeem your entire corpus that you have accumulated over the years.
1: I read somewhere it's 75% after the first month and then the yes, rest Yes, and of
3: 100% out. withdrawal only after two months of unemployed period.
1: Okay. And after five years, if you held on for more that than five correct, years, then it tax.
3: will be tax. Yes. The tax benefit remains intact.
1: Okay, so that's more or less what you need to know about the EPF and the VPF. That's the Voluntary Provident Fund. Let's now talk about the National Pension Scheme, Amol. It was launched in 2004, but most people know about it now because of the added incentive that was provided just a few budgets back. Yes, And that's the 50,000 rupee additional uh, deduction. Over and
3: above ATC 1.5, that's correct. Right, so let's
1: talk about the broad tenets. Sure.
3: So uh, NPS is a National Pension Scheme which can invest in three asset classes government securities corporate bonds or equity You can choose various proportions. We will touch upon that in our uh, conversation. However, this additional 50,000 rupees really gave an impetus to people's attention towards NPS. Mm -hmm. NPS, now let me make it very, very clear over here. It is a government approved or government launched scheme, but it is not a government guaranteed scheme. Mm -hmm. So your returns will vary. In PPF or in VPF or even in EPF, your return is known, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We discussed uh, 8.55 few minutes back. However, in NPS, the returns are purely market driven. So instead of 8.55, it could be 7.55 or for all you know, it could be 10.55 as well. These are just
1: examples. And this is also, there's also the difference with regard to who manages uh, the NPS.
3: That is correct. So previous products, what we discussed, all of those are purely managed by government or government entities. NPS is managed by professional fund managers. So you have a public sector entity like SBI and LIC and UTI, uh, SBI and LIC managing it. You also have private sector entities like Reliance, IC, ACAC are co-tech managing it mm. and while opting for a, an NPS you can choose the fund manager that you desire to opt for. Fantastic. Now
1: you also mentioned uh, the contribution within the NPS and choosing right. which asset bucket uh, yes. or class you wanted right. to uh, go towards. What is uh, how, how do I fix that?
3: Uh, actually earlier when NPS started equity compo- equity component was restricted at 50% only but right. after the market feedback because see essentially this is a pension product and pension horizon could be 10 20, 30 years or more. Mm-hmm. Within such a long period of time, if you do not have equity in a larger proportion, you're probably compromising on the return that your money can generate. Right. Now you have two sort of, uh, of additional Uh, product choices that are provided first one is the life choice product in which you can your equity your equity starts with 75 in an aggressive plan and every year it drops by a certain percentage Mm -hmm. so that at the age of 55 you do not have a large equity component it Mm -hmm. will come down to let's say 25% you also have something called as active choice in which you can have a 75% equity component Mm -hmm. up to age 50 Mm -hmm. but however from 50 to 55 it again comes drops down to below 50% So these are various, uh, here we have mainly covered the equity component, because the rest of the components are purely steady return generating assets like government securities
1: or corporate bonds. And that, of course, would depend on the risk profile. Uh, Dear listener, we're going to have a conversation in just a short while. I just want to point this out on risk profile, the importance and how to identify where you sit on the risk scale. But that's for another date for now. Let's turn to the next conversation, which is the uh, withdrawal for the NPS. Uh, That, of course, is uh, uh, there was a change in uh, the budget 2019 uh, with regard to the taxable nature of it. Right
3: yes correct so in this budget your nps withdrawal at age 60 onwards has become 60% of lump sum you can withdraw during your retirement phase and mm-hmm. it will be completely tax free remaining 40% does not come to you rather you mandatorily have to buy an annuity product right. annuity product as you know it's simply you invest lump sum mm-hmm. and depending on what annuity annuity rate is available i'm mm-hmm. only for an example i'm taking 6% as annuity rate mm-hmm. example if you invest 100 rupees in annuity at 6% roughly half a percent per month you will get as your annuity right. also very important to remember annuity is taxable in your hands mm. just like salary or mm. just like pension
1: income that you will draw fantastic so and and okay so we've clearly established the withdrawal uh, how that works and the taxable nature of it let's move on and talk about the last scheme which is okay. the public provident fund sure. now Uh, Amul, I've actually heard from a few people that this shouldn't be considered uh, a retirement product because of the 15-year lock-in period, Uh, but is that the right way to approach it?
3: Uh, see, Alex, I have a different takeover here. PPF, as you know, is a product of choice for Indian investors. Right. Most of the times, even when child is born, immediately afterwards, most of the times, the PPF account gets opened. Mm-hmm. If you have somehow missed that bus and you started earning, I'm sure that your parents, your well-wishers are going to ask you to open PPF account much longer, th- much sooner than you think, yeah. number one. Number two, the 15-year lock-in period, what we just now spoke of, that 15-year can be extended with a five-year block of time at every maturity stage sure. so it can be longer than 15 years as well number mm-hmm. 2 mm-hmm. and number 3 uh, see the word provident itself has a connotation or has a relationship with your retirement right. so i would i would uh, very i would uh, very positively strongly say that ppf also can be a good in, uh, retirement uh, product offering uh, to invest into
1: before we get into the
3: advice that you have for our
1: listeners i, I do want to close the loop on the ppf mm-hmm. uh, what are the rules with regard to withdrawals and and there are certain other benefits with regard to taking a loan and etc. Right. Right. So PPF
3: always remember very, very clearly PPF also falls under ATC 1.5 lakh rupees is annual maximum contribution that you can make Minor also can open an account, but the limit of 1.5 lakh will be shared between minor and, and parent, mm-hmm. uh, number two. Number three, the product can run for 15 years with renewal, renewal of five-year renewal blocks possible. Sure. Number four, you spoke about withdrawals. So again, I uh, the advice that I gave a few minutes back, you, it is in your best interest to have this product run the uh, run the longest course simply because it also gives you... A triple E taxation, exempt, Mm -hmm. exempt, exempt during Mm -hmm. contribution, accumulation as well as withdrawal stage, Mm -hmm. current rate of interest is about 7.9%. This is again much higher than any of the fixed income or fixed deposit products that you get. If you withdraw if you want, if you're talking about withdrawal from PPF, it is allowed only after seven years completion okay. in your PPF. Mm-hmm. Uh, once your PPF attains seven years of age, mm. only then you can withdraw a certain component, mm. 50% of mm. your component of your previous balance. Okay. So these are some of the points and that then you should remember. And then every
1: subsequent year you can withdraw Every
3: su- Yes, after 50%. once seven years are completed, then you, can, you do have a choice to dip into that. Generally, again, remember, there are four or five occasions for which the withdrawals are permitted. If you have a medical emergency, medical expense, mm-hmm. if you have a higher education or marriage related expense coming up, mm-hmm. or if you are constructing your first house or mm-hmm. buying first mm-hmm. house, these are some of the important life milestones during which the withdrawals are permitted.
1: Right. So we've spoken about the basic tenets uh, in quite a lot of detail, uh, Amol. but now comes the difficult part. Yeah. Uh, how, do you, how do you choose which is the best retirement option uh, within the schemes available? Or in fact, if you want to go the equity route Mm -hmm. or the mutual fund route, should you do that?
3: Right. Alex, as you mentioned, which is the best option? Now, best option differs from person to person simply because because your risk profile may be different than mine. Mm. So if you are an equity bull, if you believe in India growth story, then Other than EPF, which is your mandatory uh, deduction, you can't do much about it, you would probably opt for NPS where you have a 50 to 75% of equity allocation possibility. If you are a totally risk averse investor and after EPF mandatory deduction, if you still have some window left in 1.5 lakh rupees, you will probably go for PPF. Right. which That's is separate. a public provident, yeah, public provident fund. fund. Now, the, uh, I, I also like the next point what you mentioned something like direct equity or mutual funds. Sure. If you are out and out equity person, you are going to think that I have 10, 20, 30 years to go for my retirement and equity is significantly likely to outperform all these instruments provided I invest 100% in it. Mm-hmm. If you are somebody who belongs to subscribes to this school of thought, then I would simply say you can opt for any of the retirement products offered by mutual funds mm-hmm. where 100% equity allocation is possible. Mm. Within that, these retirement mutual funds also offer you same Tax benefit of Section ATC, sure. or you can simply invest into ELSS Equity Link Saving Scheme, which is a hundred percent equity scheme, and hold it for your retirement horizon till your retirement horizon.
1: All right, that more or less covers uh, all of the aspects of this conversation uh, with regard to your retirement planning. Of course, uh, these investments are specific to that retirement goal, that and if good. you have additional goals apart from that, depending on the tenor of those goals or when you want to achieve them, you can choose different options. Sure. Thanks so much, Amol, for joining us and giving us your advice and in fact, giving us all that information about the schemes and uh, what essentially they entail. Dear listener, thank you so much for joining us on this conversation. I hope that it helped you make the choice that you have to make with regard to your own retirement. This is Alex Matthews signing off. Have a great day and happy saving. If you enjoyed Big Decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IBM Podcast Network. You can check out Pesa Vesa, hosted by Anupam Gupta, Advertising is Dead, hosted by Varun Girala, the Ronnie Screwwala podcast, hosted by Ronnie Screwwala, or Cyrus Says, hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IVM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
3: Advertising is dead. Yep, you heard me right. Advertising is dead. We're all in the content business now. Let's not call it news, TV, radio, etc, etc. It's all content and we're in the middle of this weirdly exciting phase where all the borders and lines that have been drawn over decades has been swept away by this lovely thing called the internet. We're a show where we don't dwell on just the stuff that is now, but rather the wider stuff about advertising media content and the whole goddamn circus surrounding it. Tune in every Tuesday for our weekly unboxing of the mystery box we used to call advertising. I'm Varun Dugirala, co-founder and content chief at The Glitch, and this is my new podcast. Advertising is dead.
1: Are you constantly seeking happiness? Wondering how to make the most of every day? How not to let your inhibitions stop you from achieving your goals? It's now time to get your A-game on. It's time to unlock your true potential. Tune in to the empowering series with me Zarina Poonawala to feel empowered in all genres of life. From behavioral skills to management skills, from health to relationships, from mental well-being to emotional well-being, and of course your finances. I've got you covered. With these tips and tricks from me, Zarina, and true life stories from my amazing guests, you're bound to bring your purest to the table. Tune in to the empowering series with Zarina Poonawala every Thursday on the IVM Podcast app, website, or wherever you listen to podcasts.